So I'm going to read uh, from Philippians chapter 1, verses 12 through 21. I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel. So that is, it has become known throughout the whole empire guard and to all the rest uh, that my imprisonment is for Christ. And most of the brothers, having become confident in the Lord by my imprisonment, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Some indeed preach Christ from envy and rivalry, but others from goodwill. The latter do it out of love, knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. The former proclaim Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, but thinking to afflict me in my imprisonment. What then? Only that in every way, whether in presence or in truth, or, or pretense or in truth, Christ is proclaimed, and in that I rejoice. Yes, and I will rejoice, for I know that through your prayers and the help of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, this will turn out for my deliverance, as, I, uh, as it is my eager expectation and hope that I will not be at all ashamed, but that with full courage, now as always, Christ will be honored in my body, whether by life or by death. For to me, for to me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. Amen. I'd like to invite Brother Cedric up. So Brother Cedric is graciously filling in for Pastor Sergey. Just want to welcome him up and from preach the word brother thank you thank you i just want to say good morning to everyone and yeah i like that robust good morning there we go that's all us we from where i come from we're kind of a noisy loud crew so uh I would like to say that if, 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 if the Lord hits you hard and if you get excited and everything, please control yourself, maintain composure. <laughs> no loud amens or anything like that. Just kind of keep it down, okay? Yeah, that's a beautiful thing. I uh, give uh, reverence to God and I thank him for this opportunity. And... Uh, Brother Sergey, in his absence, I thank God for our friendship and our fellowship. We've drawn, become very close over the years that I've met him, or that we've been together, and so it's been a beautiful thing. And when he asked me to preach, I was certainly honored and thankful to the Lord and didn't know if God really laid it on his heart or if he's just a glutton for punishment. I don't know. <laughs> and that you all are gluttons for punishment. <laughs> But no, uh, it's a beautiful thing, and I thank God to be in your presence once again. So let us pray as we get into God's word. Father, thank you for this time, and we just pray that you move self out the way, speaking and through me, use me as a vessel of honor, and just let your will be done. We thank you for this time of worship. We thank you 
despite the times in which we live, we know that you are in absolute control, that all things are working out according to your divine plan. Help us to be bold and to be courageous in this day and age in which, in which we live. We know how the end's going to be. We're going to have the victory. And we just give you all the praise, glory, and honor. Give us eyes to see and ears to hear. Just have your way and be glorified in our midst. In the mighty name of Christ, we pray. Amen. The scripture was read. And as I was preparing, I know that you all are in Philippians, and as I was preparing and I was going over this, and the Lord just kind of brought me back to this chapter and these verses. To talk about, it's all about Christ. It's all about Jesus Christ. Not you, not me, not church, denominations, and this and that. It's about Jesus. In 1970, The Temptations put out a, a hit song entitled Ball of Confusion. That's what the world is today. Some 50 years later, it seems like not, not much has changed. Let, let, let me give you some lyrics from that song. It goes, I wish I could sing, I'm not gonna run you out of here, but. <laughs> the lyrics go like this. People moving out, people moving in. Why? Because of the color of their skin. Run, 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 but your show can't hide. An eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. Vote for me and I'll set you free. Rap on, brother. Rap on. The song goes on. Well, the only person talking about love thy brother is the preacher. And it seems nobody's interested in learning but the teacher. Then it goes on, segregation, determination, demonstration, integration, aggravation, humiliation, obligation to our nation, ball of confusion. That's what the world is today. Yeah, yeah. Lord have mercy. I'm not going to say that the temptations sang prophecy, but they sure hit the nail on the head concerning the world in which we live in today. As I sit back and reflect, meditate, and pray concerning the times in which we live, I can't help but ask the Lord, what is this all about? When a police officer boldly, blatantly, and publicly places his knee on the neck of another human being and nonchalantly snuffs the light, life out of him 
while he is pleading for his life. I asked the Lord, what is that all about? When there are global demonstrations and riots in the streets, when buildings are burned down and businesses are looted, when there are cries of Black Lives Matter, or even cries of Make America Great Again, I asked the Lord, what is that all about? When according to my last global pandemic Google check, there were 10,053,337 COVID-19 cases and climbing, and 500,174 COVID-19 deaths and climbing. I must ask the Lord, once again, what is this all about? I could go on. And in light of what this and that are all about, I ask myself, what should I do? What should I say? How should I respond? Where should I go? Who should I support? My brothers and sisters, upon further reflection, meditation, and prayer, the answer for me was very simple, simple and straight to the point. It's all about Christ and the glory of God. What should I do? What should you do? Can't answer that for you, but what should I do? I should do what God tells me to do in his word and do what Christ would do. What should I say? I should say what the word of God says and apply it to all of my life experiences. Where should I go? I should go where Christ would go and represent him no, no matter where I am. How should I respond? I should respond as a kingdom man and as a man who has a personal relationship with Christ. Who should I support? I should support the will of God and, and righteousness as I practice holiness in all that I say, do, or think. That's, that's beautiful. Now, now, if I could be brutally honest with you, I am slowly learning that sometimes the easy way and sometimes the hard way that life and living is all about Christ and the glory of God. I, 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 I know it up here, but it's got to sink in down here. And I struggle with it, and I'm challenged with it. And my flesh and my humanity and my ego and my will always get in the way. But in my innermost being, the Lord lets me know 
that I'm in charge and you belong to me and you're bought with a price and sometimes I just don't like that. I want to do it my way. I want to fight fire with fire. Sometimes I want to burn down some things. Sometimes I want to get on my high horse. But Christ is the key to my success, despite the world being a ball of confusion. Christ, my brothers and sisters, is the source of my peace, joy, and ability to do all things the right way, the godly way. Christ is the one who gives my life meaning and purpose and the hope of seeing the glory of God What is your motive? What is your hope? What do you really invest in? What do you really want out of this life? John Piper said it best in his book, Desiring God. He said, God is most glorified in us when we we are most satisfied in him. In other words, When God is our supreme pleasure, pursuit, and satisfaction in life, he will not only be glorified or reflected in all that we say, do, or think, but we will also worship, glorify, and praise him in all of our life's experiences. Is God alone your all in all? Is that the supreme goal in life is to be pleased and take pleasure and be most satisfied in the Lord. Anytime I focus on something else, anytime I have another agenda, anytime I put my stock in something other than God, I'm always left short, lacking and in need. The Lord says, as he said to Abraham, I am your great reward. I am the goal of life. It's all about Christ. This is what I see in our text today. For Paul, life was about, was all about Christ. It was all about the gospel. It was all about the glory of God. Although Paul may have been bound in prison when he wrote this letter, he was still free in Christ. Although Paul may have been broken while incarcerated, his relationship with Christ was not broken. Although Paul's movements may have been limited in jail, his preaching the gospel, his worshiping Christ, and his glorifying and praising the Lord was not limited. For Paul, life was all about Christ. Despite being in prison, despite being persecuted, despite social injustice, despite social distancing, 
despite who the emperor was in Rome, despite his personal haters and naysayers, despite being hurt, hungry, or homeless, Christ was Paul's all in all. People of God must look at life in light of the glory of God and the gospel of Jesus Christ. Do we really have a biblical worldview? And do we really believe in what we preach and teach and what we claim to embrace? Do we really believe that? I don't know about you, but in my life, the Lord, I'm a preacher up here. I'm talking all loud and I'm all animated, you know. Lord said, okay, boy, we're going to see what you believe. Because the, 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 the evidence and the proof and the fruit is not in the church house in the four walls. It's out in the street. It's in relationships. It's in confronting sin and inequity. It is in your home and in the family when your kids, when you want to just, mm. <laughs> or when the wife burns the biscuits. Are we live stream? My wife doesn't burn anything, so I was, <laughs> I'm just saying, for example. You know, the real proof and the real test is in life, in the streets, in relationships, on your job, in the marketplace. We must look at things in light of the glory of God and the gospel of Jesus Christ, racism, injustice, and church apathy. Christ died for that. Violence, hatred, and Christian isolation. Christ died for that. Economic upheaval, lack of resources, and religious rhetoric. Christ died for that. Pandemics, death, and self-righteous hypocrisy. Christ died for that and rose again to give us the victory over all things. The question is, is our message clear when we approach those who are limited by the coronavirus, coronavirus pandemic? Is our message clear? Remember, it's all about Christ. Is our message clear when we confront those who are protesting who have valid claims and concerns of unrighteousness. Remember, it's, it's, it's all about Christ. Is our message clear, my brothers and sisters? When we encounter people who are impacted by the lack of resources, health care, and the wherewithal to survive. Remember, it's all about Christ, and, and it's easy when I got money in the bank. 
It's easy when I don't have an illness. It's easy when nobody's kicking in my door and my neighborhood has the roses and the flowers and the clean streets. It's easy for me to talk about, praise God, to him be the glory. But let life change, and it can change on a dime. Just like all of us have been impacted. Guess what? The rich man and the poor man are the same now. Some don't have money to spend, and some got money and can't spend it. We all in the same boat. And we do well because we don't know what tomorrow holds. We know who holds tomorrow. But anything can happen. We'd be out of a job or we can lose our home. Things could happen. And then we got to go to the homeless man and ask him, how do you survive in the streets? We got to go to that person that knows how to rub two nickels together and make it happen. But when Christ is our all in all and we are most satisfied in him, then he is most glorified in us and we can still praise him and lift him up and shout and thank him and see things in light of his ultimate plan and purpose, knowing that he's in absolute control, knowing that we are in a win, win, win situation. And when when I say it's all about Christ, are we simply talking the talk or are we walking the walk? As the saying goes, preach the gospel, preach the gospel, proclaim the word, and if necessary, use words. I believe Paul gives us a clear blueprint in Philippians 1, 12 through 21, on what it's all about Christ really looks like and what it really means in our daily affairs. Paul saw things in light of that. Despite the times in which we live, I'm kind of leaning you all because I have stenosis of the spine and I kind of have to lean, but that's all right. I look at it in the light of Christ. Thank God I can stand behind this podium and lean. Thank God I'm able to see you and you can see me and we can talk. I'm a little sore, but guess what? I, I, I'm not like the man in the wheelchair, to God be the glory. But still, even the man in the wheelchair, we don't know what's gonna happen to us. We can still praise God in light of our experiences and what we encounter because we serve a mighty God. And this letter reeks with joy despite Paul's situation and circumstance. And he says, listen, brethren, listen, y'all, and, and I kind of like to use a little language to kind of bring, you know, make it relevant. No, I'm saying. No. 
I am silly. You know that? Paul says, now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. Not woe is me. Not I wish things would change. Not, oh my goodness, what am I going to do? But what has happened to me, God's will is being done and it creates opportunity. Now people will listen. Now they'll see that the things of this life are temporary. That we're all perishing even as I speak and as we sit here. Believe it or not, I used to be a wrestler, 145 pounds. What's so funny? Don't laugh. And I went to state. And boy, I tell you, I was in great shape. You know, now some X amount of years later, I still think that I can wrestle these young guys. That guy right there, I can get you. The guy over there, I, I, I got you, I can handle you. But don't try it. Because up here I can do it, but my body says I really can't. I was combing my hair one day. You know? I said, what's that lint in there? Boy, I can't wash this up. Gray hair. I'm perishing. Life is fleeting. Things are moving to an end. You can cry. You can shout. You can name it, claim it, whatever. You can spit. You can do monkey flips or whatever. And you can, whatever you want to do, but life, we going to get up out of here. And Paul says that what has happened to me has has actually served to spread the gospel. And as a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. It's not about, you know, this pandemic, this, 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 these protests, this, this times in which we live, God is still in absolute control and he's created opportunity. And guess what? I'm not going to go out there and just like Sergey and the brothers in the pastor's group, when we hit the streets and when we were in the crowd, we were asking people, how can I pray for you? What do you need? Okay, yeah, black lives matter. Yes, okay, yeah, make America great. Yes, okay, we want this, we want that. Okay, I'm not here to, 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 to condemn you or to challenge you. I just want to know, how can I pray for you? Because when I step on the scene, when you step on the scene, I represent Christ. It's all about Christ. Because the bottom line is, you're not going to change. Things are not going to change. Nothing will change except the heart of man is converted and bent toward God. And as a result of that stand, other people have been encouraged and emboldened to share. When we do things God's way, people take notice, and we look strange, and we look foolish, and yet we are peculiar, and there is a curiosity, and, and God uses those means and those channels to open up doors, and they come and tap you on the shoulder and say, man, how come you're not burning buildings down? How come you're not shouting? How come you're not doing it like we do it? And you say, hey, brother, let me tell you why. Because it's all about Christ. Paul was emboldened. 
I'm in chains for Christ. I'm locked down because of Christ. I got this challenge. I got this issue. I got this storm because of Christ. And God's going to use it for my good. And he's going to work in and through that to show you that he is to be praised and glorified. And he's ultimately our chief aim in life. I'm talking about okay. He says, because of my change, people are encouraged. Brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. It is true that some preach Christ out of envy and rivalry, others out of goodwill. The latter do it out of love, knowing that I am here put for the defense of the gospel, and the former preach Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely supposing that they can stir up trouble for me while I am in chains. I don't know what their motives are. I don't know why they do what they do and, 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 and you want to hurt me or you want to challenge me and whatever, but as long as you preach in Christ, I'm good. As long as Christ is preached, Paul says, I rejoice, I praise God anyway because we can preach Christ, and, and you don't have to believe the gospel, hear me closely, you don't have to believe the gospel in order for it to be effective. Because God's word has power in and of itself. It's going to be right, it's going to be real, it's going to be powerful, whether we believe it a lot or like it or not. And that's Paul's point. As long as Christ is preached, I'm good, because it's all about him. Yes, I rejoice in that. And yes, I will continue to rejoice for, for I know that through your prayers and, and we need to pray for one another as I enjoyed the prayers and being specific and particular, we need to really sincerely pray for one another and pray for our country and pray for our leaders. Yes, God has given us the tool of prayer because God works through our prayers. I, I go to people that I think get a prayer through. I say, brother, I say, sister, pray for me. They say, okay, I will. I say, wait a minute. Don't include me with the whole world. Call my name out. I got specific prayer need. Right? We need to be specific and deliberate in our prayers. And even if it's a breath prayer, if it is, okay, you can pray right there. Brother Jones needs prayer. What do you need, Brother Jones? Well, the wife does not burn the biscuits, and I want to continue, have to continue to make good meals. Pray that we stay steadfast in that. Pray that Brother Jones' wife cook good meals, stay steadfast. Amen. All right. Cool. I'm good. We pray for each other. Paul says that uh, that 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 I'm encouraged that I, that um, what was my point that that uh, I know that through your prayers, not only that and God's provisions, God will take care of us. God will secure us. The song said, "No man is able to pluck us out of His hand." 
God's provisions of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. What has happened to me will turn out for my deliverance. In the context, Paul believes that he'll be delivered. But even in a spiritual sense, or ultimately, we will be delivered. For he that has begun a good work in us shall perform it until the day of the Lord. And, 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 and faithfully is he that calleth us who will also do it. And he will present us faultless before his presence of glory with exceeding joy. We're going to get to the other side. We will be delivered. One day, this corruptible shall put on incorruption. This mortal shall put on immortality. One day, all of this will be over. There will be no more weeping no more pain, no more crying, no more protest, no more racism, no more economic upheaval, no more loss of a job, no more making ends meet, no more suffering, no more sickness, no more divorce, no more drug addiction, no more alcohol, no more aging, no more knee surgery, no more back pain, no more hatred, no more fear. We shall be delivered. And he said, I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed when it's all said and done. I just want to be bold. I just want to tell the truth on Jesus. I don't want to be mixed in with everybody else with the same old, same old, same old rhetoric, same old slogans and philosophies, and, 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 and things ain't changing because we're not doing it God's way. Oh, oh, there's progress. Oh, there's this, but that. But, but ultimately, the answer's in Christ. Until we get that straight, we're not going to eliminate terrorism or anything like that or hatred or racism. Why? Because terrorism and racism and evil and all that is in the heart. And the heart of man is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked, incurable. Who can know it? But God knows it. And that's why Christ came to change the heart. I don't want to be ashamed, Paul says, but, but we'll have sufficient courage so that now as always, and here's the deal, Christ will be exalted, magnified, glorified in my body, whether by life or by death. Now, this is a deep statement. The goal for Paul and what Paul is saying, it's all about Christ, <laughs> is that Christ will be glorified, be magnified, be, be revealed as magnificent, everything, spectacular, all of that. That Christ will be exalted in my body, in my being, in my person, that he will be made much of and exalted and glorified and manifested that's what I want. That's my innermost desire, whether it's by life 
or by death. What do you mean, Paul, by life or by death? He explains it or it corresponds. He said, for me to live is Christ. That corresponds with Christ being glorified in my body by life. But then he says, and to die is gain. That corresponds or explains him being glorified by death. What do you mean? Well, to me to live is Christ. And in chapter 3, verses 8 and following, he talks about suffering the loss of all things that he may gain Christ that he may know him and the power of his resurrection, the intimacy, the closeness, the, the, the person, the glory. I want to know him. And Christ, the knowledge of Christ and the knowing his resurrection takes precedence and is not to be compared to anything I own in this life. Therefore, that anything that interferes with my knowledge of Christ, I kind of lost. I get rid of it. And have the fruits of righteousness. That's Christ being glorified in my life. But then he says to be glorified in my death. And certainly he can refers to being a martyr, yes, dying for Christ and all that. But even deeper is to know him even in death. Because you know that death is not extinction, it's just a transition. And he used the same verbiage. That whatever I lose in this life because I'm taken out of this life, it's not worthy to be compared with being in his very presence. For to die is gain. Because I still will have a knowledge of him. I still will have intimacy with him. For to be absent from the body is to be present with him. And that is far better for me. And when I'm in God's very presence, y'all, talk amongst yourselves, do your thing, but I'm with Jesus. And I'm basking in his glory, and I'm singing praises, and I'm saying worthy is the lamb, and I'm understanding and taking in heaven being a special place, and I'm shouting and I'm praising. Oh, oh, I told you all to be calm. Okay, let me calm down. I'm praising the Lord, and I'm thanking the Lord. But I'm, 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 I'm in his presence so God is still being glorified even in my death. I'm still making much of him. I'm still, being, I'm still magnifying him because I'm in his very presence and I'm glorifying him. So it doesn't matter if I live or die, what happens here or there. It's all about Jesus. If I live, I, be, I want him to be glorified in my body. I'm going to praise him. I'm going to lift him up. I'm going to serve him. I'm going to worship him. And you can take my life and all you do is usher me in his very presence and I will continue to praise him, glorify him, magnify him, lift him up and shout hallelujah. You can clap. You can clap. It's all good. That's what life is all about. And Jesus said that I've come that they may have life, eternal life, life gained in Christ to know him and the power of him and to experience him, not only in this life, but in the life to come. I have come that they may have eternal life. 
and that they may have life more abundantly right here and now. Life to its fullest. And know the meaning and purpose. My brothers and sisters, it's all about Christ. And after it's all said and done, when the dust settles and in the final analysis, only what you do for Christ will last. And oh yeah, these organizations and protests and voting and participating in the process, it has its place. And as it was said in the Romans 13, we, we ought to be good citizens and vote our convictions and participate. We're in the world, but not of it, but we, we ought to impact the world, not the world impact us. And so we do right, we do justly, we love mercy, and we walk humbly with our God here and now. And, and, and okay, that's cool. And we're salt of the earth, the light of the world, the city set up on the hill. We let our light so shine before men that they may see our good works and glorify God which is in heaven. We are reflectors of the glory and the presence and the life and the love of God. Do that, be that, live that. But in the final analysis, and when it's all said and done, it's all about Christ. And if we stop short of connecting people with that relationship, with that experience, with that knowledge, you can feed a man, you can house him, you can, you can, you can register him to vote, you can stop police brutality. Martin Luther King said, I can't legislate you to love me or, or, or legislate righteousness, but I can pass a law to stop you from lynching me. That's right on. But when it's all said and done in the final analysis, if we stop short of that, then the church has missed the mark. For we must go above and beyond, and that line is to tell people that Jesus Christ is Lord, That if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. It's all about a relationship with Christ. And once your heart is changed, once my heart is changed, and we begin to grow in grace and in the knowledge of the Lord, and we begin to bring the influence and impact and power of the Holy Spirit on a situation and circumstance, guess what? We shall be victorious because God said it and he has the power to make it happen. Do we believe it? Will we live by it? Shall we promote it? Then let's do holy business and be about our Father's business. God bless you. I'm done. <laughs>